It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The biggest breaking news stories. An outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. This is Talk Radio Breakfast with me, Julia Hartley-Bruce. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Uh, lots to talk about this morning, particularly starting obviously with uh, Belarus and why that story is so significant. We're going to get the latest public sector borrowing statistics at 7 o'clock and we'll talk about those uh, with Institute of Fiscal Studies, uh, Paul Johnson. Uh, and I'm also going to be talking about, well, you know, we're so far along the journey in terms of getting out of lockdown. Honestly, everyone, who, everyone who's pro-lockdown keeps telling me, stop making a fuss. We're not even in lockdown yet. It's about the fact that government's even even telling us we can't even when obeying the law travel to countries that it's legal to travel to because that's how much we have our freedom back. Um, but uh, we, I've learnt uh, in the last 24 hours that even if you have two jabs, even if you've done everything you're told to, you have two jabs, you'll still have to self-isolate if you have contact with people. How are we going to be able to go back to the office if we're still going to have people getting alerts with COVID? And of course, lots of those being false alerts and then everyone in the office having to self-isolate for 10 days. Uh, but also, of course, quarantining after travel as well. Uh, and uh, social distancing review promised before the end of the month which is uh, just next week nope won't be until early june now are we or are we not going to find out that we can get back to normal life and businesses getting back to making a profit uh, particularly those bars and restaurants and pubs as well uh, well we'll be talking about all of that and plenty besides with my guest who's joining me all this morning comedian steve allen good morning to you steve Good morning. Lovely to uh, speak to you this morning. Um, let's start with Belarus. Um, it is uh, the, the main story in town politically. Um, the, I mean, it is absolutely extraordinary, this story. Uh, a flight bound from Greece uh, to Lithuania, to Vilnius, was uh, told to make an emergency landing in Minsk in Belarus on Sunday after a reported bomb threat once it was in Belarusian airspace. Uh, it turns out that this was just a pretext uh, for the authorities uh, in Minsk uh, to remove a prominent journalist opposition blogger uh, Roman Protasevich and his girlfriend uh, from that flight. He was wanted in Belarus for opposition activity. They've been detained uh, and also it would appear that there were possibly three or maybe four KGB agents on that plane as well. As a result uh, we have seen uh, initiate action from Dominic Raab, the Foreign Secretary here, banning UK uh, flights uh, from travelling over Belarusian airspace but also banning uh, any uh, any Belarusian flights um, banning any flights at all from UK travelling over Belarusian airspace. The EU EU has followed suit. Strong words from across the world, including from America, about this. But um, where do we go now? We've seen the video of, of this uh, opposition uh, activist um, saying that he's in good health and he's being treated respectfully. That, mm, I mean, th- 
clearly a video recorded under duress in the circumstances he's in. We know how the, the Belarusian authorities operate um, and, and other people who've talked about torture and beatings behind bars. Um, where do we go now? Because are the, are the uh, punishments so far delivered, are they enough to deter a state like Belarus from uh, carrying out such activities? Nowhere near. In fact, at the moment, it's still at the level of these uh, these punishments are simply the kind of thing that they'll be enjoying because uh, it'll it gives them a chance to seem even more like Putin to even to thumb their nose at the like banning some flights. Uh, it's nowhere near enough. There have to be bigger sanctions. Like forty eight hours previous to now, if we would have sat down and had a conversation, we would have thought this just isn't possible. Surely there's no country that would do that. Yeah. And now look at the state that we're in, that it was effectively a hijacking, admittedly a hijacking by deception, which is just slightly preferential to having a, a full-out assault without the the attempt to to lie and excuse it. But this is unbelievable. This is this is breaking international law. There has to be big sanctions against it because if you allow this to go off with mild punishments, it's going to happen again, and they'll do it with a sense of pride. But uh, this is one of the issues, isn't it? Because we know that President Alexander Lukashenko, he's only in power because of the Russians. Everyone knows that he's a he's in he's in a Putin's pocket, um, and he's been in power what since 1994. We had that massively disputed election, as many of them have been uh, last year. We've seen uh, protests on the streets from, I mean, let's face it, some of the you know bravest people on the planet going out protesting in, in a country like that, given the what, what's been happening with the police and the security forces there. Um, and uh, and yet there is a risk, of course, that this pushes him. Him closer to Vladimir Putin, as if he could get any closer. But a lot of this also is—it's just about sending a message to Vladimir Putin, isn't it? Because again and again and again, Vladimir Putin or those close to him have acted in a absolutely shocking way. We saw, you know, the walking into Ukraine, into Crimea, the the massing of forces on the border of Ukraine. We saw the poisoning of uh, of, of people on the streets of Salisbury. We, we we've seen well, we've seen poisonings before uh, of uh, of Russian dissidents as well on on, on Britain's streets. Um, we we've seen, I mean, just the 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 routine, you know, uh, taking down of of any opposition people. Uh, we've seen what's happened to the current opposition leader in in Russia as well, and. And Putin acts with impunity. And everyone says, how does he think he'll get away with it? Well, I'll tell you why. Because he always gets away with it. And the worst we have is people wagging their fingers and saying naughty things and not being allowed to go to, you know, a, a, a big summit um, when, when Trump's not around. Um, and, uh, and, and a few economic sanctions that mean that, you know, his people can't, um, can't travel uh, to London. I mean... Whoopity doo da! This this is clearly not enough to stop this behaviour. Is the real issue that actually the the willingness of the West to act to stand up for our values, stand up for democracy, and to insist that that they are not trampled on is is, is rather weak these days. It is weak, sadly, and and, and the the I, I appreciate the economic sanctions are done to punish without actually escalating, and I think that it's good that that tool is available, but. So often we've simply used that so that we can then pat ourselves on the back and think, well, look, we've done something. Yeah. And that's a something that just simply doesn't even move the dial over there. And I still understand why you wouldn't want to go full out um, conflicts with Vladimir Putin. But it, you, it needs to be an atmosphere of you can't do this without there being serious sanctions that cost at least your allies something. Yeah. And I don't just mean people yeah. with money in bank accounts over here. Uh, so it's more, way more needs to be done. Because yeah. if you let this slide, what next after hijacking a plane? 
Yeah, exactly. And again, as, as some people pointed out yesterday, it, it's not just you'd have to worry whether you're wanted in another country and that this could happen to you, but whether anyone else on the plane you're you're, you're on is wanted and whether or not you're going to get uh, get out alive. And what you know, what if there's a I don't know a shootout or something in these scenarios? It is absolutely extraordinary. And we we know that uh, that this uh, this opposition uh, campaigner and, and activist and blogger Roman Protasevich um, that he the moment they said we're going to be you know going to uh, uh, to to uh, to Minsk, uh, and apparently he was you know already on the plane saying no no I'll die there I'll I'll get the death penalty you can't you know I've not got on a flight to Belarus for a reason um, and and that must be absolutely terrifying but I mean a lot of this is going to come down to money isn't it it's that's what that was one of the sanctions on Putin's regime have been about in the past which is that you just make it really hard for all of his multi 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 billionaire chums um, and so they can't they can't travel to European capitals they can't come and spend their money invest their money and that's the thing huge amounts of money from from Russia, from countries like Belarus, have been secreted away in European capitals. London is, you know, is was one of the capitals of, of certainly Russian money. Um, billions upon billions is in our banks. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions, probably billions, is in our property market. At what point do we just say enough is enough and we just freeze all those assets? Then I'm sorry, who are the people who are multi-billionaire friends of Putin who did it all legitimately? Really? Are there any? Um, and we know, I mean, we know that Vladimir Putin is, I mean, forget all this... Um, uh, talk about Jeff Bezos and, uh, and and you know Bill Gates. They're not the richest men on the planet. Vladimir Putin's the richest man. He's been he's been plundering his country for decades now. He has hundreds of billions of dollars worth of of Russian assets, uh, you know, and invested and hidden away. Um, at some point, do we not have to say to all the banks, if you have a penny of Russian money or Putin money, that's it. You are you're dead. No one else can trade with you. I mean, that would work, wouldn't it? It would it would work to achieve the goal of more economic sanctions. But as you say, it would be economic sanctions to a group of people who have so much money. I'm not even sure yeah. they'd particularly notice it. Yes, they'd have a to have a second, a second less sort of gold embossed jet, I suppose. Yeah. 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 So and they would still have the the power, the influence and the sense of uh, of bullishness to, uh, that they ignore international rules, which probably means more to them than the small amount of money is a fraction of what they've got that they've got over here. Yeah, indeed. Um, let's talk about lots of other stories. We're going to get to uh, COVID-related stories after an update on the travel, but I must ask you about Max Mosley. He died yesterday at the age of 81. Formula One uh, figure, I mean, absolutely crucial. He, he and Bernie Eccleston basically ran the whole of Formula One, the whole that whole multi-billion pound uh, sport and industry for decades decades. But of course, he was also very well known, probably perhaps almost better known to a lot of people in this country over his, well, I suppose it depends how you see it. You can either call him a privacy campaigner, a champion of privacy, or you could call him a sort of a, a an, an attacker on the free press, depending on your perspective. Uh, what do you make of his battles with the British media? I found it, it was the first time when I was growing up reading those kind of stories that I learned that there's a debate about where the line is and this public interest of defense is in it's a it's a really interesting area what is the public interest is it up to me to get details of what happens at someone else's sex party yes um, fascinating yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing I'm, I'm i'm larger the view that people should have a private life and unless someone is say a publicly elected official and is pontificating and telling other people how to live their lives and is a hypocrite or or there is some Ill illegality then i've got an issue now of course the accusation which 
which was just proven in a court. He, he, News of the World lost this libel battle, uh, that uh, it was a, a Nazi-themed sex uh, uh, party that he was having. It, it was not, the, the court ruled. Um, but then he went on to campaign and put his many millions behind other people campaigning for their privacy. He, he backed the uh, those who were campaigning against uh, the, on, on the phone hacking issue, on Leveson. But what he crucially wanted was a lot more controls on the British press. Now, I'm opposed to those controls happening. I think a lot of that it can be, again, be careful what you wish for in terms of who actually has control of those levers. If it's, uh, you know, you might be happy with it, who's in control now, but perhaps not in the future. But there is definitely a balance that does need to be struck in terms of people's right to have a private life. I mean, and certainly no one is defending illegality in phone hacking or anything, but um, certainly, I mean, certainly not me. Um, but but there is there is a... There is a battle there, and and there is there is always there are always going to be cases that are going to test uh, where people really stand uh, because it's 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 not just black and white; it's quite a grey area for a lot of people. Yeah, but even in your example, so if someone's private life makes them a hypocrite at work, the story is about their work, and mm. the problem is information comes from their private life to question what they're doing at work. If someone just simply has um, uh, an interesting thing in quote marks, some sort yes. of lewd thing happening in their personal life. We don't actually need to know it. And they, I think the better solution, the ideal solution, would be that the press know this and the press act appropriately. However, the press also, and I understand this, have to think about what's going to push sales. Yeah. And you have a front yeah. page story with some kind of lewd details. Of course, that's yeah. going to sell. But this is, if if that could happen, if self-regulation worked because there were morals and standards, and there are in the press, but there are also some people who aren't. And we can mm. we can definitely feel this week, you know, now we know the, the Bashir story, we can add in some more information on what journalists will do. Yeah. So there has to what be some, someone what in charge. What some journalists yeah. will do. I would say genuinely the vast majority of journalists, the vast, vast majority, are absolutely horrified by that and indeed by, by, by the phone hacking. But it gets the thing. Uh, there's no doubt at all that, that there has actually been a real a real change since Leveson and since, you know, you don't see those sort of lurid stories. Or perhaps, again, perhaps they don't sell as much as they used yeah. to because you, you, this stuff's all over the internet already. But again, I wonder, you know, what's the point of uh, gagging the press when the, this stuff goes does all the rounds all over YouTube and everything else. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.